0: <laughs> hello how you doing molly i'm great how are you
1: oh i'm really good i'm really good thanks for uh thanks for taking the time to do this today
0: absolutely happy to chat with you
1: yeah for sure um so you had uh you got some got some dogs that you were uh think they might might get after it earlier is that right
0: yeah, I'm I'm wrangling um wrangling dogs and delivery people and uh repair people. And I just knew that the moment if we signed on at one o'clock, I knew the moment we signed on that it was going to be mayhem in the background. But yes. I think I think we're in the clear.
1: I've got I've got three dogs myself. I'm I'm very familiar with that situation. Um, so I know all about that. Well, look, uh thank you very much for taking the time to do this today um, I appreciate it very much and you know I hope that we um, I hope that we can get folks to listen to as many stories as possible and share as many of those stories as possible from folks like you who've made hospitality a career uh, who love what you do who care about what you do and we've been real fortunate over the years at schedule fly to serve so many people that you know, truly, truly love providing great hospitality. It's in your genes. It's how you're wired. It's, it's what, you know, really makes you come alive. And, um, there's so many great stories from so many people that either they didn't, they didn't necessarily know that that's what they wanted to do. And they sort of fell into it. Uh, there are people that have known this their whole life that this is what they wanted to do, but I've just come across so many people that uh, really thoroughly love their work. And that work is in hospitality. And there are not many fields where you find people that that truly just kind of wake up and get super fired up to, to provide us, you know, or to do what they do to do their job or to do their work every day. Uh, and I think that's part and parcel to hospitality, because it's, it's a focus on others, you know, it's not a focus on yourself. So so many of you are just so giving and wanting to provide something meaningful to other people. And I think that there's, that's a big part of why you tend to love what you do so much. Um, But I also find this weird situation where, you know, hospitality is like for so many people, it's a stepping stone, or it's like, what am I going to do between jobs and things like that? And, you know, our hope is that we can share as many stories as possible with people that that love what they do. So where, you know, like when I talk to, I've got three kids, my daughter's a senior in high school, and I talk about hospitality. I'm like, it's a great thing that like, it's not just a summer job. It's something you can make a life out of and build a career out of and, and build your own family outside of your family out of and have just so many great experiences and, 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 you know, just do something that helps you just, really enjoy life. So, um, and, and I know that that's, you know, that's where you come at it from. Um, but I don't know anything about your backstory and how you got into all this. And I I can't wait to hear all about that.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm happy to, I'm happy to share that story. and very happy to hear the theme of the conversation today, because it's something I'm super passionate about, of course. And, uh, I think all kids should have to work in a restaurant. At some point in their life, it should be like where you used to have um, you know, home ec in school, we should have restaurant work 101 in school so that everybody gets a chance to try it out and understand how the hospitality industry works and what, what really it can provide in your life. And then I think we would hook a lot more people in our industry. And I also think it would help people in their life in general, when they go out into the world to know how to sort of behave in restaurants. And, you know, always the best customers are people that have waited tables or worked in a restaurant before.
1: Yeah, because they understand all that goes into it. Mm-hmm. It, it seems, it doesn't seem like a complicated, you know, job, I mean, you you take somebody's order and you take, bring in the, it is, it is, to me, it's, it's incredibly hard to be able to balance all this stuff that's going on behind, you know, in the back of the house, and then in the in and then in the front of the house with with customers that sometimes they're you know they're in a hurry, or you got one group that's like a, a group of business people that want to take their time and and you know have a certain mentality they brought to this thing, and the next you've got like a group of young people that are. You know, in a in a hurry, and they, I mean, it's just and you're balancing all these different personalities. Not only your customers, but then who the people you work with, and and all the time there's like some fire going on, metaphorical, but you know, like something you got to put out. Meanwhile, there's it's just it's amazing. So I've always felt like if you can take, I mean, that that skill set is, gosh, if you can master that, you can do almost anything. But the real thing is. Mastering that, I hope, and saying, this is awesome. Like, this is a cool thing. I don't need to go anywhere else with this skill set. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I tell people all the time when we train our new hires, it's like, if you can learn how to be a real rock star dishwasher, you can actually be a rock star. It's like you learn, meaning like you can be a rock star at whatever you choose to do. It might be that you fall in love with this industry and you can grow into any position that you want within this industry. Or it might be that the work ethic that you learn in a restaurant environment, that ability to sort of manage the mental, physical, emotional work all at once that goes on in this kind of environment. um, If you master that, you can master any kind of environment. It's like a training ground for learning how to be awesome at work in general and restaurant workers are people who like work we actually enjoy the physicality and the where the sort of physicality and the intellectual stimulation and challenge collide that's a space that restaurant workers enjoy and we get a lot out of it and i think that it not only is a great training ground in your life what we have found is that people come into this industry like you said, as a summer job or when they're in transition. And I, that's one of the things that I love about our industry, by the way. It has so few barriers for entry. So it's one of the most diverse work environments in terms of skill level and background and ethnicity and where you come from and what language you speak. It's like, it is such a melting pot of humanity. And it's one of the things that I love and treasure the most about our industry. Because there's so few barriers to entry, the best learning is on the job like you can get a degree in a hospitality and that's awesome. And that might help you skip a couple of steps in terms of where you get to enter the industry, but the best learning is really on the ground and that allows anybody in to that chance to grow. So what we found is people come in with um, transition time in their life or summer job or putting themselves through college. Most of the people within our organization, that are in positions of leadership of any kind whether it's management or executive leadership or um, even sort of working behind the scenes running our restaurants they all came in thinking they were going to be taking this as a summer gig or something to do while they were in transition and they ended up falling in love with it and they built a career out of it and they bought houses and they have families and they have very stable lives and things that people don't associate with our industry and i don't I think that there's many reasons for that, but I think that what we have found is that if you're running your business as well, and they're a positive work environment, people come in and they're pleasantly surprised. And many people end up falling in love with it and choosing that this is actually how they want to build the life that they imagined. Uh, it just sort of looked different than they thought it was going to.
1: How did you get into the business?
0: So I actually grew up in this industry. I grew up in a family-run restaurant that was um, my mom and my stepfather built a little, started out as a little sort of um, French patisserie in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is a very different town then than it is now. It was pretty small, it still was touristy, but nothing like it is now. And um, they did it the way that many family-run restaurants do it, which is no money, you know, did all the work themselves. I remember being, I guess I was seven or eight when they were building it. I remember laying the tile in the kitchen floor ourselves, everything grassroots from the ground up, very much a self-taught kind of experience. They, they learned how to do the job on the job. And it was, um, it was wildly popular. It, it grew over time organically, it grew into more of a cafe, and then it turned into a full-fledged restaurant. That was really kind of a staple in our town, particularly for locals, um, for many, many years, most of my childhood. Um, what I learned from that experience was how hard it is, how hard it can be, that family run, where there's never enough money, everybody's doing all the work themselves, um, you know, it, it's, it can be a grind. And my family, I would say that it had, that experience showed me that it has all of this potential where you can come in um, and build a dream and work really hard at it and raise a family doing it. But if you don't have anything to pair that with like a business background or some experience or sort of deep pockets or investors, it can just be a grind because there are always fires to be put out and you're putting them all out yourself and you work so hard at it. So that vision of it, even though there was things that I really loved about it, the vision of what I saw my parents going through running this business all on their own without any real support um, made me run as far away from it as I could get. So I moved to California, I went to college, I put myself through school by working in cafes and many different restaurant environments and um, studied something entirely different. My background was in psychology and child development and then had several sort of chapters of different careers, partly working with kids, partly working in um, for a psychology graduate school in marketing and then working as a professional organizer. And, I had this whole other sort of professional life happening. Then marijuana and I moved to Asheville. Um, We left California when our daughter was three and we decided we wanted to raise our family closer to family and really to sort of get out of the cycle that we felt like we were in, in California, where we could never sort of get off the hamster wheel and really do what we loved. So we moved to Asheville, North Carolina. Marijuana at the time was in real estate and we fell in love with this place and we decided we really wanted to raise our family here so fast forward a few years the recession happened 2009 happened and marijuana being in real estate was not going to keep was not going to work so everything was collapsing in that industry he um you know all of his friends were going bankrupt all of the businesses that he was working for were starting to go down and we realized we had to find a new gig so that is a whole story in and of itself
1: sure yeah
0: but if you want a little bit of the cliff notes version of it i can tell you sort of how we made the decision to start this business and part of what you know
1: yeah absolutely what led us.
0: yeah so i don't know if he's told you this story or not but essentially, I'm going to give you the cliff notes version, okay, because it could be a long one. So this is the short version. we had taken a family vacation in the spring, it was spring break from my daughter's school. And um, this is the spring of 2009. And that trip gave us enough time away to realize, okay, this really is a crisis, this financial collapse that's happening, how it's affecting the real estate industry, and so many industries is a real crisis. And we have got to find our next move. I remember Marilyn saying, by August, we need a new plan. Um, I've got to find a new career. And if we want to stay in Asheville, we're going to have to get real creative on what that's going to be. Because both of our backgrounds didn't necessarily, you know, it's the industry here is hospitality and tourism and not a lot of other industries unless you bring it with you. And, um, we were going to have to figure something out. So we had this long conversation on the drive home and we were sort of both going through different ideas in our minds that we had always envisioned for ourselves, because part of the mission of moving to Asheville and leaving California was to be able to step out of that trap where we felt like we could never actually build the careers we really wanted because we were so stuck in having to earn so much money just to get by. Yeah. The mission was move to Asheville, pay off our California debt, buy a house, and then figure out what we really wanna do. So we bought the house, paid off the debt, hadn't had time to save money yet, everything started to collapse and we had to figure out what we wanted to do without the sort of nest egg that we were hoping to build in order to have that conversation. So we both are talking about it. I'm really encouraging him at that point to, it's like we were about to turn 40 It's like, this is our chance to really do something we love. And he had worked so hard coming to the States from India, going to graduate school, getting an MBA, working so hard in California in sales to sort of keep our family afloat. I was like, honey, this is your chance. This is a pause. We're being forced to have this pause. And whatever we choose next, it should be something you really love, something you really want to do, because you've never had... That opportunity before to really do that. Yeah. So I'm encouraging him. He wakes up, we go to bed, he wakes up in the middle of the night and he says, I know what I want to do. I want to open an Indian street food restaurant in Asheville. And I s- quiet for a minute. And <laughs> I said, What? <laughs> and then I think my, cause mind you, he's, you know, not professionally trained as a chef. The only restaurant work he'd ever had was working in my family's restaurant while he was putting himself through graduate school, waiting tables on the weekend. Um, you know, he was a good cook, but he had, like not a professional cook. And I was quiet for a minute and I said, okay. Forget everything I said about follow your bliss, find your passion. (laughs) That is the craziest idea I have ever heard. Like you're out of your bleeping mind and uh, go back to bed. So the long and short of it is he had to sell me first. And the reason why I had that reaction was because of that experience that I had had seeing my family work so hard in the industry. And even though they loved it, I just... It wasn't what i had imagined for our family that level of commitment that level of work the level of like i knew what it was going to take what we were going to have to put in in order to raise our family in this industry so he had to convince me first and he set off on this mission of writing a business plan not only to launch this vision but also to sell me on the idea and that was a very long way of telling you that the way that I got into this was I think in part by running away from it Mm. I got as far away from it as I could and then when it came time for us to find something that we could do together I really pulled on my background in this industry everything that I had learned to do and not to do like here's the long list of everything not to do my family learned those lessons the hard way. So I felt like I could take that treasure trove of information and really bring something to this idea that he was having this vision. But I was very slow to come around to it. And he had to really do the research to show me how would it be different? How would we do it differently? And his business plan was primarily based on that. And it had to do with growth, so that we wouldn't always have to be the people in there fixing the toilet and doing everything ourselves forever, that we could grow and we could then help a team grow. And he built a business plan around that idea, that mission, and he sold me. So once he sold me, we just said, we gotta go for it. It's now probably that conversation happened in April. Now we're getting into May. We spent that spring building this vision and um, he wrote the business plan. We raised money basically through micro loans, through friends and family, because banks were locked down. There was no, the SBA wasn't even funded yet. Sure. You know, the money yeah. wasn't flowing. We had to really do this grassroots. And Chiaipani was born, our first restaurant was born that September. 2009. So we raised the money, found the location, built a concept, taught ourselves how to run a restaurant, hired a staff, built the menu, did everything by that September. So it was, we basically had a summer to launch this concept. And I don't think that I could have participated in it or, or really helped in the way that I could. In some ways it was playing devil's advocate and in other ways it was um, helping guide the vision, keeping us on track with the vision of who we really wanted to be, how we wanted to be as a restaurant. I don't think I would have been able to do that had I not had this foundation in my childhood of growing up in a restaurant, doing every single job in the restaurant from back of the house, front of the house, management, all of it. That really informed our success in this business. And so now that we have seven restaurants, um, I look back on that phase and I think, you know, it was like this brilliant idea was passing by and we just happened to be paying attention right at the right moment to grab it and jump on to that train. And now I'm so happy that I didn't talk him out of that whim in the middle of the night that he had.
1: Wow. That's so cool. He, so uh, his business plan focused on growth, uh, which y'all had, your family had not, you had had the, the, I mean, you had grown some, but it was still family owned and operated there all the time. So his plan was, was to do what y'all are doing now. You've got seven and, and more coming. And that was part of was it? I mean, like we were multiple concepts part of the plan or I'm, I'm sure it's probably changed because the whole landscape of restaurants has changed. And now, you know, you're, you're doing the fast casual. And by the way, I had Buxton chicken palace last week.
0: Awesome. How was it?
1: Awesome. So good. So happy. Oh, so good. Y'all. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope y'all have those all over the place, including Charlotte, by the way. Um, But yeah, it was great. It's fantastic.
0: But, you know, it's, just to answer your question his original plan was focused on growth but it wasn't necessarily it didn't have any of the details of how what it was going to look like to get there our actual growth happened very organically and it happened much faster than we had originally dreamed would be possible and part of that was because we attracted in the very beginning a really great group of people that were able to grow with us so a circle of friends that basically came together and helped us execute this wild dream that he had of like build a restaurant in a summer with no money. It's a crazy idea, not even something I'd necessarily recommend to people. It's, it was a wild ride. I mean, we were sleeping in that restaurant. The paint was drying on the trim as people were walking in the door on day one. Some of those people got hooked on it along with us and decided to grow with us And that provided us a pathway for growth where ultimately the growth question of like, what concept do we do? When do we do it? It always comes down to a number of things. But one of the most important things we're weighing is is our team ready? Mm. Do they want the growth? Are people on the team ready for the next step in their careers? And we try as much as possible to grow from within. So, What ended up happening was we had a great, brilliant group of people and started growing really fast in response to that and in in an attempt to hold on to our people and help them build careers with us. So part of what our mission was from the beginning was to create an environment where the hospitality that we were offering was not just about what we extended to our communities and our guests in our space, but also what we extended to our team. So it's an internal hospitality as well. And that helped us build a culture that we really feel very proud of because we feel like it is the kind of work environment that helps people thrive. Mm. Not to say that it's not hard work, but it is work that is very fulfilling and is in a positive work environment. And one in which people see their coworkers who decide to stay with us, they see them growing from positions of being a dishwasher at an entry level position into running a kitchen and being a lead kitchen manager, or crossing into the front of the house or front of the house, choosing to learn how to cook and go into the back of the house. It's about growth for us. And that growth is about the team. So while the idea to go back to your original question, while the idea of growth was part of his business plan what specifically that was going to look like was very organic
1: gotcha gotcha what was it what i mean that you you were you went from being like for dude forget it go back to sleep to getting on board supporting fully being a part of it what what about it what was the most compelling part of this like what what got you I know the growth, part because you had to, you know, financially for your family, it had to work out, but there had to, I know there was more to it than that. What was? Yeah,
0: good question. So I think it was several things. It was a process. Let's just put it that way. It took a couple of weeks for him to sell me. Um, It was a combination of him convincing me that part of the reason why restaurants had the reputation that they had at, at that time, and the one that I grew up in was similar, that no matter how brilliant the idea was, it's rare to find a restaurant where the inspiration for the food is met with the same quality of experience and background in the business side of things. So he was convincing me with lots of data and charts and research that his background in his MBA schooling and also being in sales for that long, because um, we, had, you know, we were almost 40. So we had had you know, a good 20 years of work experience in the world at that point, in very different industries, that we would both be able to bring that experience to the table and pair it with our love and passion for the creative side and for the food. So that was, I think, the crux of it. The growth part was just the vehicle that would allow us to tell that story in a way where it could be not only financially successful, but also Sustainable from a quality of life standpoint, Mm -hmm. that we would be able to get out of that phase, that there would be an exit strategy, not for us to exit the business, but for us to exit the phase where we had to do everything ourselves, which is where we started. I ran the cash register, he ran the line, we did every single thing ourselves. And, you know, I had some background in it as a child, but neither of us knew what we were doing. We made every mistake you could imagine in those early days and we did it all the hard way by learning on the ground and building our way up and that is you know truly one of the things that's miraculous about this industry is that it's one of those industries that you can do that you can come up with a vision and you can build a dream and if you're willing to work hard at it and devote yourself commit yourself to it you can build an entire restaurant group. It turns out that was what happened. We built an entire restaurant group and we employ over 300 people now.
1: Yeah. It's an amazing story. And it's, it's, you know, um, I mean, it's no surprise to me from just the first time I talked to marijuana years ago. um, And we did the, you know, interview for that book and stuff. And it was just clear the passion and love that he had, and he shared, you know, that you had, and um, there's, There's some alchemy of taking business savvy and, you know, learning to prepare really good food that people will consistently enjoy and then just loving. I mean, what does hospitality mean? It's taking care of people like that's what it is. It's just loving this, you know, making people happy, giving them a place to, celebrate giving them a place to mourn giving them a place to see people they hadn't seen in a long time giving them a place to escape getting giving them a place to have tough conversations you know and i i mean i'll be honest with you like until we started like you know decided okay like we knew we would serve restaurants, but at first we thought we were going to be serving chains and Wes and I are on a flight out to see California Pizza Kitchen and like thinking like, oh, we could, and then realizing like, who do we like? Like, who are the people that we like? Who do we want to, because this business had to be sustainable. We're 14 years in and we can do this forever because, because we serve people that we love and we love what we do. And we love the people that we get to take care of. But it's been an interesting thing the last couple of years because you have all this weird confluence i think molly of like covid and th- this has changed so much or it maybe just accelerated a lot of things but like you also have people it's harder to find people to work i mean you know we i was there last what was it, Wednesday, and, and I'm like, hey, Marijuana, I'm going over to Buxton. he's like, not today or not, because, you know, we're only open four days a week now because mm-hmm. we can't get people to work. And then you've also got and I'm cu- just I'm curious your thoughts on those, because you also have I, I, it concerns me that when you go a lot of places now in public, whether that's a restaurant uh, or anywhere where people gather. Ball games, whatever. Like, there's so many people that are just—they're not doing this. They're doing this, even when they're together. They're on their. For those just listening to this, they're on their phone. You know, there's not as much engagement. I worry about that. Like, big picture, thirty thousand foot culturally, and you see kind of all this vitriol now, and everybody, you know, and I don't know. It's so I'm like, you're in the thick of this. Like, how does how does hospitality continue to thrive while also evolving around things that are, you know, maybe it's a pendulum or maybe it's an unfortunate shift in our culture. That's a really broad, weird philosophical question, but it's something I think about a lot. I know you must too.
0: Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think it's actually the question of the hour. You know, this is what we're all going through in our industry right now is confronting this dynamic that you're talking about that's going on in society And it has never been harder on a certain level to work in our industry. And I think that that's part of why we had such a big dropout rate. Um, And I think that what's happening is, it's happening in many industries. It's happening in the airline industry, which is another form of a hospitality industry, where it's like people are coming out of their pandemic caves and whatever sort of forms of communication where they could sort of stand on their Box and be outraged about things, whatever form of communication they were doing that in In their pandemic cave, were coming out into the world, into the light of day and kind of forgot how to behave as a society. And people, um, it's, there's times when that's bumpy and it looks ugly and it's kind of a mess. And along with that, what I see is the opportunity for our industry, for the restaurant industry To be the gathering place that it was always built to be, to give people a path back to each other again, to be a place where you can sit next to a stranger on a stool at the bar and have your lunch alongside somebody that you might not have anything in common with, but you can strike up a conversation with and you can be in community with each other and be a part of your community again. And I think that that's what everybody is missing and longing for. There was this little window this summer when the masks got to come off and everybody went out into the restaurants again, and it was was heaven because we all got to remember how much we missed it and how much we long for that sense of connection and community. Then we had to put our masks back on, and you know, there's spikes of the Delta variant and all these different things constantly changing. It's hard on our staff. You know, they've got to be real nimble and they've got to be real flexible to go back and forth between these different modes. But here is what I see happening every single day in our restaurants. People that work in this industry are showing up and they are welcoming their communities inside the door. And they are literally gathering people around tables and we are creating that environment again and it brings people joy even if it's behind a mask the vast majority of people that are coming in our spaces are so happy to be there whether they're picking up food to go or sitting at the bar for lunch or standing in line with their mask on while they wait their turn The 99% of people are so thrilled to have that place of connection again. So I want to be real careful that we don't take the people that are feeling cranky and having a hard time with getting back out into the world and how to sort of behave, how to find our manners if you're standing in line and you're cranky about wearing a mask. I think that I don't want to let the small percentage of people that are having a hard time with that dominate the experience of everybody else. Because what we see happening in our restaurants every day is a celebration of being able to gather again. And restaurants are a gathering place. That's what we were built for. So providing nourishing food, and that's certainly something people have needed through a pandemic, but getting that food in a paper bag while standing on a cold sidewalk and having to take it home to your pandemic cave again for another night, it's lonely. And being able to experience that food while dining, whether it's on a patio, if it feels safer for you, or dining inside, that's something that brings people together. And we need that. Our communities are built around that ability to come together and um, put the phones down, you know, and have a conversation with the bartender, meet the people, meet your neighbors, and, I see it happening all around us. And we're super excited to be a part of that. Um, It's really an invitation. It's like, we want to invite people back out again. And we wanna create as safe a space as possible for people to be able to find each other again. I think we need it. And um, the people that are working in our spaces, even though they've had to go through truly herculean efforts Mm. this year like everybody's job descriptions had to change everybody had to wear different hats too many hats all at once like everybody was working so hard to keep the lights on and get us all through this time those same people are showing up and they're just being their beautiful selves and welcoming people into the spaces and working hard every day and that creates an energy. And that energy is something that what I heard in your question is, this is what we need. We miss it. We're longing for it. How do we build it back again? I'm saying it's there and we just have to sort of show up for it and celebrate it. And um, I'm just so proud of our team on the ground. Many of them started working for us during the pandemic and had to be behind plexiglass, behind masks, handing paper bags to people. And they still felt the energy of what can happen when you're of service. So being in the service industry, quote unquote, to us, at the end of the day, it's about being of service. And that attracts a particular kind of person and the people that really excel in it are good at being of service to humanity and that's, that's what we need right now in the world.
1: We we Amen. Amen, 100%. Um, I'm so looking forward to the, um, it's great that you can go somewhere and you can sit down and you can take your mask off and you can talk to the folks that are at your table. I cannot wait till your teams all around get to take their mask off too because you can see in people's eyes when they're smiling, but there's just nothing like, yeah. Having, you know, there's just nothing compares. It, it's so important and it's it's so needed. So, um, well, I love hearing you. talk. I could hear you talk all day about what you do. That's like a um, anybody that listens to you convey the love you have for what you do and for your team is going to get fired up about you know, how important hospitality is. And that's, you know, it's what we are really hoping to do is just uh, share stories, remind people how, how much we need it, how much we value it. Not that, you know, most people don't need to be reminded, but it really is a, it's a career that like, I think we culturally or as a society, we almost under undervalue or under recognize how, and maybe we've started to recognize it more over the last year and a half how incredibly important it is to have good local restaurants owned and run by local people who care about their community who care about serving the people in their community who give so much of their time and their effort and their money and their love and their passion to their community and it's like it is like the the glue that just binds us in so many ways in so many places and when we don't have that, we do. We're, you know, we're in our case and we're cranky and, you know, it's just, we got to have it. So I, I, th- I worry that. Um, well, I don't, I think that, you know, there, I mean, we've seen, we've seen a lot of places close it, you know, they're not going to open their doors again. I think that a lot of that may have just been that COVID accelerated a lot of stuff there for, uh, you know, you guys started right on the tail end of that real estate crisis 10 years or 11 years or 12 years of a pretty humming economy, there's a lot of restaurants out there and um, we may have fewer, but, but, but I certainly think that the ones we have, um, the ones that have made it through that will continue to make it groups like yours, will just continue to grow. And so I think, you know, the the industry overall has has got a a bright future because we're not going to, we're not going to not need or want or have to have really great restaurants ever. Um, so I'm thankful that you know folks like y'all are out there and continuing to just hold down the fort, keep doing what you're doing, while also trying to you know just continue to grow what you're doing. And, and uh, um, I appreciate you taking the, the time to just to, to share that today.
0: Absolutely, Will. Well, I love the the questions that you're asking, because I think they are really, truly so essential in the times that we're living in for the survival of our industry. This has hit our business really hard. All, of, all restaurants all over the world have been affected by it. And many people didn't make it. And the ones that did, it's not easy. It is super hard. And I think that um, it's, the positive side of that, you know, the hard part is the hard part, right? We got to figure out how to make the numbers work when you're constantly having to change modes of service and you've got giant scaled up restaurants having to convert themselves into small takeout venues. I mean, it it is, it has been a real challenge. This is super hard, but I think that the positive side of that or what comes out of it is the growth that comes out of it. When things get blown up, you have the opportunity to rebuild them better and that's what I know. Leaders in our industry are really focusing on: is how do we build back better? How do we focus on our team's growth and well-being and mental health in this experience of humanity coming back out of their pandemic caves? At a time when it's rocky and bumpy and contentious and divided, how do we hold space for people to gather again? That is um, celebratory and safe and comfortable for all. Those are the questions that our industry is asking right now and i think being a part of that is really exciting it's very energizing in the way that anybody that works in this industry knows what it feels like to work in a restaurant on a busy saturday night it's energizing and it's something that we all missed in the cold quiet you know dark days of the pandemic So I think that in the same way that that energy is part of what holds people and attracts people to our industry, because it's fun, that same hook can be used to help rebuild our industry. It's like, what are the positive things that our industry has to offer the world? And what does the world need right now? Marrying those two things together and really moving forward in a way that makes our industry better and stronger. is. Going to be what it's about, what this time is about.
1: Love it, love it. Um, well, I would, I would have a thousand other questions I'd like to ask you, but also respect your time, and I know how busy you are. Um, and I asked you for about thirty minutes, and I've, I've taken more than that. But I, I, I really do appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing this. I know that uh, your team appreciate you and marijuana very much i mean you are so incredibly well respected both of you and your whole leadership team <clears throat> there within your restaurant group and within the asheville community um y'all are you know on a very short list of folks that um we at schedule fly just you know i mean anytime we have a thought an idea uh you know something you know that, we come to y'all for, for a reason. And, um, so, you know, I, I appreciate you helping us kick off this series and, and, um, very much, and we look forward to, um, sharing as many of these stories as possible. I never get tired of, of talking to folks that do what you do that love what they do, uh, because you, your passion just, just oozes out and, uh, it's contagious. So, so thank you yeah. all very much.
0: Thank you, Will. Thanks for the opportunity to talk. We are always thrilled to have these conversations with you. We love what you do too, and we're happy to support it. And really, really glad you're opening up this um, this sort of theme of the conversation. I think it's so needed right now, and much appreciated from everybody in our industry. So Absolutely. thank
1: you. Absolutely. Uh, tell everybody hello, and uh, I'll let you get back to it. Thank you, Mel. All Appreciate right,
0: you. nice to chat with you.
1: Chat with you too. See you.